Welcome to Women's Brew, where women talk about beer. In today's episode of our Brave Noise interview series, we're joined by Sophie and Maz from Lost and Grounded Brewers, who dare to be brave and make a noise about their Brave Noise brew. I'm Joanne and this is Tori. Hello. And we're two beer-loving women on a mission to get more people drinking and talking about great beer and making a brave noise. Come join us. We are. We have another lovely episode of our Brave Noise series. And today we have the wonderful Sophie and Maz from Lost and Grounded. Hello, ladies. How are you doing Hi. today? Hello. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Maz is back, obviously. We had her before talking about uh, Oktoberfest. Yeah, about this time last year, we yeah. were saying. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we I can't so. believe it's been a year. I know. And I was thinking about it the other day. And because when we were recording this, it was like the lead up to Oktoberfest. Uh, all the everyone's planning their Oktoberfest events, and I was like, we never did our like challenge, our, our no, beer stein challenge. Yeah. I was like, we need to do the beer stein challenge still. <laughs> well, there's still time. There's still time. There's still time. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll have to do that. Yeah, um, I guess lovely. for anyone that hasn't, that doesn't know who either of you are. Um, do you want to give just a quick introduction to yourself and what your role is at Lost and Grounded? Okay, uh, so I'm Sophie and I do brand activation and communications uh, with Lost and Grounded, so um, it's a marketing role. Um, so I, yeah, I do all of the social media stuff, um, start doing the reels and everything like that. And I'm Maz and I do orders and admin at Lost and Grounded. So if you phone the office, you'll probably end up talking to me. Um, and if you email, orders at Lost and Grounded you'll be talking to me <laughs> if I, I take care of all your beery needs first point of contact <laughs> yay very important roles oh, absolutely like the roles that people don't think about because it's like oh yeah the brewer yeah that's important because they make the beer but it's all the team that make everything happen that are important too yeah I think it's a whole it could mm. be a whole separate conversation about uh roles in a brewery that yeah. people don't think about because I think some people like myself have have been like oh I'd love to go into like if I could go into beer, that would be cool. And it's like, yeah, but I don't have, I don't feel like I'd be a very good brewer and I'm just not that way inclined. It's like, oh, what else could I do? And then, yeah, there's all these amazing roles that you could do. There's so a whole so many conversation. Jobs. I feel like that Absolutely. needs to be explored and it's in itself. <laughs> yeah. But what we're here for today is if you're watching the video, your Brave Noise Beer. Brave Noise Beer. Yeah. Brave Noise Lager. Yes. It's very exciting, obviously, because we are, it is lost and grounded. People don't know, Lost and Grounded make lager. <laughs> they make other things too, but predominantly they're known for, for their excellent lagers. They are tasty. And yeah. I feel like this is my third time having it. Um, we got to chat to Tom from We Are Beer, which was a great conversation. We got to chat to Ash and Wren from the Brave Noise team. And we thought that it was only fair to round it out and have a conversation with you guys on the topic of your Brave Noise beer. So... Yeah, this is my third time having it, and I regret nothing because it is a fantastic, <laughs> fantastic lager. It's delicious. Um, so I'm guessing, like, you can talk a bit more about this, but I'm guessing you went with a lager because it's a brew. What you what you are most known for doing? I'm gonna guess is why you went with that. Is is there any other comments on on why a lager versus the standard Brave Noise recipe? 
I guess it's um, yeah, we are, we are known for, for lagers. Um, so yeah, I think we took that brave noise recipe and then did our own twist on that. Um, and then yeah, it was our own sort of flavour. But it was also um, because it was the beer for the We Are Beer festivals. Um, so it was something that was brewed with the festival season in mind. Um, what more could you want on a hot hot day at a festival? But a, a lovely, refreshing lager. Yeah, absolutely. And our brew kit is all geared up towards brewing uh, lager. It's a high tech German style brew kit. So perfect for just we wanted to really make this beer shine. So why not do what we do best and make it a lager? Exactly. I think that's uh, if, it, if there are any brewers who are listening who are like still kind of I'm in an iron about whether they should do a brave noise. And they're like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that recipe. You don't have to do that recipe. You can do whatever you want. Like, if you're concerned, have a chat to the Brave Noise team. You can just get hold of them on the website. Make the beer that you want to make and that people are going to buy, and they'll still buy it, and it'll still be amazing, and you'll still be supporting the Brave Noise cause. It's make whatever beer you want. Make a cider. Yeah, exactly. It would be boring if everyone made exactly the same beer, wouldn't it? We want everyone to... Yeah, there's no point in a brewery who predominantly makes pale ale to then try and make a lager or a a stout or something and go yeah like just to be different um yeah no it's definitely do what you do best and then it will uh, also make the message shine as well as the beer yeah because we're talking about diversity in the beer industry and the beer community we can have diverse beer styles within that as well yeah i think we were talking to go ahead no i was gonna say if that is you know how that gets people involved then yeah, why not? Why would you not do it? Yeah. Yeah, we, we were saying like when uh, and we've mentioned it before, but um, when we spoke to the Brave Noise team, they were saying like someone had made a kombucha, mm. I think in in um, North America, one of the North American breweries had done a kombucha and they were just like, they were so open as well to the idea of like, if you want to make any, like if you're within this space and you want to make anything you want to make a hot sauce you want to make a kombucha you want to make a cider you want to do any of those like if that's what you do best and you're doing all the steps and you're doing the work which is like make your code of conduct and and do all the things that you need to do like they don't care if you've used the base recipe or if you've tweaked the recipe or if you've done something completely different so um that was that was a really cool thing to like hear them say as well and hopefully that gives some confidence to people as well to be like yeah I'm a stout brewery like you know I don't think I can make a a pale it's like yeah you don't have to it's fine <laughs> oh brewer stout with sabro there we go Ooh. I mean I love sabro so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm happy with that <laughs> let's see let's see some more sabro about that yeah. <laughs> I'm, some people really hate sabro and I'm like I love it. I will take. I will take. All I'll of it. take all the sad <laughs> So, which cause are you supporting? So, is there like because I know that they were trying to see if they could get a local cause for each of the We Are Beer, Beer Festivals. Is there like a central one that you guys are supporting, or is it whatever ones were for the local festivals? Um, so we chose um, a local um, charity to us. Um, so it's the Womankind Bristol charity. Um, it's a charity that we have supported before um, when we've done our own events. Um, and it's really just to help um, women and support them with their mental health. 
uh, it reaches out to um, those that perhaps may be vulnerable or disadvantaged women, um, refugees, asylum seekers, and you know, uh, just anyone really that just needs any help. Um, they've got a really big team of volunteers um, that go through counselling and um, yeah, it's just, a, it's just a lovely cause that's just close to the brewery's heart and you know, everyone involved. Excellent. Uh, so we mentioned briefly that obviously we spoke to Tom, we spoke to Ash and Ren, um, we heard sort of their perspective on how this collaboration came about and about the Brew Day, but hoping you guys could sort of talk us through your perspective on it of like how it started and, and the process from start to finish of it and, and the Brew Day, what the Brew Day was like. Tom's Tom's view of the Brew Day was like, <laughs> I got to turn up and I did a few things and yeah. I drank beer and it was great. <laughs> so good to hear your perspective on it yeah. I mean what else is a collab brew day about really right. <laughs> um so basically it came about because um Annie who um co-founder of Lost and Grounded and she's a you know quite a huge um female influence as well across the industry and um she was contacted by Bren Allen um so um on instagram at rap magnet and um said we you know would you be interested in collaborating on a on a um brave noise beer and um we're trying to work out logistics and then um she was also talking to tom i get i gather from so from listening to his point of view as well that um they also contacted we are beer and said do you want to do a collaboration brew and and they went great and then thought okay we've got these two entities we've got a brewery we've got a festival let's combine the two together um, and then and make something happen and um, yeah so I think it was it was very much led by um, by Brianne and the, and the Brave Noise team um, who contacted and, and got the ball rolling. Amazing that's like that's like a really cool endorsement that you know Brave Noise reached out to you to make a beer. <laughs> yeah I think they were trying to get a few more UK breweries involved yeah. in what was going on I think that everyone had seen what was going on in America and kind of went oh that's happening over there don't really know how to get involved in that so I think they were trying to reach out to a few more UK breweries and say come on you can be involved too um so yeah like for me it it was amazing because Annie um has been like obviously as Sophie said is a a big influence in the industry and she's really uh into ensuring that other women in the industry are given opportunities as many as they can to be involved in things like this um and also to platform and uh you know just just be seen um so uh she asked me if I'd be interested in taking part in the brew day uh which of course I mean, who doesn't love a brew day, especially when you're normally sat behind a desk? <laughs> you yeah. go, oh, yes, finally. <laughs> that thing I watch everyone else doing all day, I finally get to do it. <laughs> um, and unfortunately, Annie herself wasn't able to make the day. Um, so she asked me to uh, take everyone under my wing, sort of host everyone for the day and uh, and make sure everyone was well looked after while also getting stuck in obviously gotta get dirty it you know is it a real proper brew day if you don't come away with a bit of malt on your shirt right no not (laughs) shoes in my case like she always always ends up with it in her boot (laughs) yeah (laughs) because when we when we went to brew our brave noise beer uh we obviously you normally bring your your waterproof shoes and my wellies had broken so I had uh I had my hiking boots because those are my next most waterproof things left it by the door had like socks and everything like a change of a change of jumper like all those things that like if I'm gonna get wet I need to be able to like I'm gonna get wet and gross you want to be able to like change and, and all that and uh 
had a new pair of boots that I bought and everything. Thankfully, they were like quite comfortable, can move around in the boots. Left my hiking boot, sat by the door. Didn't realise till I was about 10 minutes to getting to Mirakai. And that's an hour and a half drive from me, maybe. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) I was about 10 minutes out and I was like, oh, shit my boots <laughs> and, I, and I could see that I had like my jumper and my socks like next to me in the car and I was like I was just driving like if someone was driving next to me they would have been like what's happened because I was there and I was like <sighs> they were, what are you doing so yes if you don't come away with it all over your boots and your clothes have you even have you even dug out a mash no <laughs> I mean to be fair with all fancy brew kit you don't actually have to dig out the mash so all the more reason to get as stuck in as you can yes yeah. you've got to you've got to find the dirt to put on your clothes yeah. somewhere yeah. <laughs> I think that's it we even just rolling tom. around on the floor <laughs> we said that to tom we said something like yeah. oh so you dug out the mash and everything and he's like well no we didn't really need to and he's like so i got to just drink beer he's like it's it's quite nice. <laughs> I also provided pastries. I went past he did say, bakery. Amazing. He did say that as well. Yeah. He did say that as well. I was like, oh, yeah. luxury over there. It's nice. Yeah. It was a fancy <laughs> brew day, I must say. <laughs> Definitely well looked after then. Yeah. So I also I got a chance to go up to um, Cloudwater um, at the end of last year to, to be involved in their Brave Noise beer. And um, they do have a mash tun that it sort of automatically, it has a hand that automatically scoops the mash out but needs a little bit of guidance yeah so that you'll find photos of me online <laughs> getting stuck in yeah because yeah you've got to get dirty you've got um, to I definitely got dirtier on that day than than our brew day <laughs> so uh yeah but we were involved and it was a it was a great day and it was it was amazing we had um so we had Tom from We Are Beer and we had Emma from Merakai and um, we also had Helen from Burham Collective. Um, so it was really great to have them down, uh, like everyone coming to represent. It was a nice small team as well. I think sometimes with these collaborations, you can end up with 20, 30 people in a room and no one knows what to do because yeah. like it's too many cooks in a sense. Everyone's having a lovely time. But- yeah no one's actually able to really get involved in what's going on so um yeah it's it was a really nice team of people who you know we'd never met before but by the end of the day it was just everyone was just having a great time and really getting on it's really nice we were really impressed with how uh, quiet Emma had kept her involvement actually (laughs) we we only saw her in a photo and uh when you guys put the first photos out and uh joe messaged like i think that's emma and i was like that is emma yeah and then we messaged her like is that you well they've put it out there now so i think i can Mm, talk about it i think (laughs) we were trying to collate all uh, we wanted to try and get it so that everybody talked about it at the same time but i think that we lost a bit of that so so we ended up launching loads of information and then they were like uh oh yeah <laughs> i think it's that thing of like people are people might be afraid though of like doing it too soon like you don't want to you don't want to break that news like something that important before like the brewery does it and yeah and so that's kind of like that balance and it was just like we saw the photo go up and then like within hours we were like i think that's emma <laughs> and we're like oh she kept that quiet well done <laughs> it was it was like an amazing impressive thing like to see another brewery come out and be like yeah 
we're Bruna Brave Noise as well. We were like, yes, yeah, like, it's amazing. <laughs> it was really exciting. And for it to be a lager, so for it to be a different recipe as well, that was really exciting. Yeah. It was something quite exciting as well because when I came on board, um, the brew day had actually really happened. Okay. Um, so I, I missed out on that. But my first assignment was to write and publish the code of conduct for the company. So, um, yeah, it was all very exciting and, and, you know, I already knew quite a lot anyway and, and did a lot of further research and, yeah, just completely fascinated by the whole thing and just felt so pleased to be coming into an environment and we were already actioning on this and we were doing it. It's very rare that we've, like, gotten a chance to actually speak to the person that has written the Code of Conduct. So feel free to say you cannot answer these questions or whatever <laughs> else and we will cut it out. But um, out of curiosity, <laughs> it's it's like when you go about making that code of conduct like how do you go about it like do you take on board like do you go to everyone and say like what's everyone's feelings or do you very much like speak to the owners and go like this is what the owners want or like how how does that happen just out of curiosity because somebody else might be listening that's like oh I'm tasked with doing this and like how how do you go about it um, so there is a framework um, that is available as a guide guideline um, available on the Brave Noise website. So if you do ever get stuck, there is some help on there. Um, you know, loads of other breweries actually have published a code of conduct even without being part of the initiative, which is which is great anyway. So took a bit of inspiration from that. Um, I was given some, you know, some pointers from Annie and Alex about what what we needed to include, and um, and yeah, it was. It was one of those things where, we, as a company anyway, we are very focused on being inclusive. So it was already there as a core value. So it wasn't very hard to to move, you know, find you know find what we needed to put in the code of conduct. We already had those values. Um, it was just yeah, putting it out on putting it down on paper, getting it published so that so everyone else could see what what our values are. We knew them already. Um, it was just yeah, making sure it's public. I think that's so important. Like. Uh, and we I think we've said this before like we think a lot of breweries are already doing this they just haven't like put it as you say onto paper or put it on the website or you know been like we're going to commit like these are our thoughts we are actually going to commit to it let's celebrate it by brewing a brave noise beer I think so many breweries in the UK could do that really easily yeah I mean that's just exactly what I was gonna that's exactly yeah. what I was gonna say was like we've said it so many times where it's like there are so many breweries that we know are doing the right thing and they might even already have the code of conduct and and it might just be not it might not be published on their website or or like uh posted on the door of their you know tap room or something like that but they they have one in existence they follow it it is you know that culture is one of their core values and it's very frustrating because you're like, we still only have like, what, 10 breweries doing it. But I know that there's so many more that are doing all the right things and they have the code of conduct and they have those things in place. And as Joe said, we're like, why wouldn't you want to tell people how welcoming and inclusive you are? And it's like um, the Brave Noise team even said, you know, maybe you don't brew the Brave Noise beer because there's a numerous reasons why a certain size brewery or they might be constrained and they can't actually brew the Brave Noise. But they're like, just jump on that initiative anyways even if you can't brew the like email them if you're like I want to just be part of it and I can fundraise using it I asked them point blank if somebody had a beer that they were already brewing and it was completely different to the recipe but they wanted to be a part of Brave Noise and they wanted to donate to charity and they wanted to do the code of conduct and they did all the right things how would you feel if they said I have this beer 
I didn't brew it necessarily for Brave Noise, but I'm going to struggle to fit this beer in, in the time frame that I need. Can I do this? And they were full on, like, if they followed all the right steps and this is the way that they have to do it, like, we would never, like, they, they wouldn't reject that outright. It's like, still submit. If you've got a code of conduct and you can't fit in a Brave Noise beer, why wouldn't you want to be like, I've already got something, let me just use that as my charity beer instead and and go through the process and let people know what type of company we are it's just it's insane to me I don't know rant over (laughs) thank you for coming to my TED talk (laughs) I wonder whether like you say if people feel like they are already following a lot of the things that Brave Noise outlines and tries to get companies to do maybe they just feel like they don't need to be involved but um I think and we were discussing this earlier in the office Sophie weren't we that you know you have to remember that when you have a certain um platform if you if you are have a certain influence in the industry then there's so much that you can do by just saying hey you know here's an example of what we do um you know we may have already been doing it but have a look and um you know it, it, it just encourages other people to be involved and to reconsider the way that they manage their businesses and maybe go, oh, oh, I see that that brewery is already doing that, but maybe we could change a little bit about how we, um, how we recruit, for example, or, you know, how we host our events, anything that could, you know, just make people feel more included and safer in the industry. Yeah, definitely. Those are really good points. I was going to say, it never dawned on me about the idea of like, maybe we've discussed with, you know, over numerous Brave Noise mm. episodes and, and on different occasions of like, why do we think people aren't brewing a Brave Noise? Why are there only 10? And one thing that has never come up until now, until you've just said it, has, is like the, what if they haven't done it because they feel they're already doing the right things and therefore they're like, oh yeah, we already do all that. So you don't need yeah. to do that. But as you said, if you have a platform, by you brewing that brave noise and saying, everybody, we're doing the right thing, and you make that beer and you do the charity and and all that, that is setting an example for other breweries and for people that may or may not know you're doing the right thing to be like, oh, this is the minimum level of what we're willing to tolerate. Like this behavior is like the bar for what we're going to tolerate and anything below this, we're not. And it sets an example to other breweries but that is a really interesting point that I personally had never thought of so and it would get it out to other consumers because there are still there are still a lot of consumers that you're like brave noise and they're like what I don't know what that is yeah and the more breweries that do it you're getting to that to those different audiences yeah absolutely I think what you've said there is right there are a lot of people who still we say oh we've just brewed a brave noise beer and they go what's brave noise yeah um but it's also because I think it's been such a thing such an insular thing within the beer industry um that unless you are an avid follower of all the latest news you you could easily not know what's going on um obviously it's not just the beer industry that is having a sort of reckoning at the moment in which people are finally standing up and saying this isn't we can't tolerate this anymore. But I kind of thought because of the siren. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah. 
we're not taking it anymore that's it right yeah. the sirens are going sirens on. are on <laughs> sirens are going we are not oh, taking it's such it a, no, it's such so good. A, it's a very yeah. effectual point yeah. you were like, yeah. oh, it's a day of reckoning and then the sirens went and it was like exactly <laughs> we're not tolerating it <laughs> um so good yeah it's so yeah the beer industry isn't the only one that's having a day of reckoning there it's happening all over in so many different industries so it can be quite you know we can sit in our own little echo chamber and kind of only yeah. hear what we understand in our industry so it's trying to get that out to the consumer who might be like oh I just pick up a you know whatever IPA off the shelf in the supermarket I don't really know what's going on in the industry so it's about trying to break that barrier and trying to get it out to those people who then go oh I see that actually yeah there is a me too going on in in the beer industry too how can how can I understand and learn more and support the breweries that are trying best to uh implement these uh uh you know best practices and that's the thing, right? When you only have 10 breweries, it's a lot easier to be able to be ignorant to the fact. And like sometimes there will be some people that are being willfully ignorant because they don't want to know what's going on. But yeah, I, I think there's a, there's a lot of people that can be willfully ignorant because they don't want to know. Because if, yeah, if you open that can of worms, it almost like opens up Pandora's box. And then it's like just such a minefield and some people are just like I don't want to do that at all now I'm not saying that's yeah. the right approach to it by any means because I think you have to open that box like you have to know who you're you know supporting with your money like you have to feel comfortable and confident where you're giving your money but I think there's some people that are just very it's easier to have the blinders on because once I start looking at that then I have to start reevaluating everything and then yeah. it becomes difficult and some it's people a minefield. It's too difficult. It isn't, I don't uh, want to deal with such that. a minefield. And yeah, you, everyone needs to take their breaks and make sure they're looking after their own mental health with these things. But some of the, some of this stuff is real, people. You gotta you gotta pay attention to it because if it's not affecting you, it's probably affecting somebody that you know. Yeah, uh, you have to educate yourself on yeah. what's going on. Yeah, be aware. And I think another thing that Sophie and I had been discussing in the office is the fact that so many breweries in the UK are owned by white middle-class men and I think that there's an element where they might feel a little bit like is it my place to be involved in this to stand up and and make a brave noise beer because I'm not one of the people who's affected by it but again comes down to platform comes down to using your influence to try and influence the industry and you know maybe you don't take the lead on that brew maybe you get some people in from the local industry or one of the charities you want to support and try and get them in for a brew day and say look you know I want to platform you for a little while and I want to do everything I can to amplify your voice um yeah I I mean we definitely we spoke about that with um you know the prime example is when we spoke to wilderness that's sort of like James was saying like for him it kind of felt like he didn't want it to come across as disingenuous or like it was being um like just a a show just like he was just doing this to to put on the show to be like look I've done a really good thing or to be condescending or like anything like that and and we kind of talked around that conversation I think it was Helen that they were like yeah you you have this platform and, and you need to do it and we were like yeah that's that's kind of how it that's kind of is how it is is if I tried to tell 
a certain audience these things they might go my friends don't do this uh so it doesn't happen I've seen it physically never, the conversations I've happen. never seen that happen I've never done no. it my friends don't yeah. do it I've never witnessed it therefore it doesn't Where happen I am. as if they are omniscient and <laughs> everything else and they can see everything and know everything that's going on with everyone else in the world in order to say that they know it's not happening anywhere instead of just listening to someone going like yeah but it did happen to me um and I think if you have someone that really has no stake in that game or no no horse in the race whatever you want to say and they're saying this is something we need to change they're more likely to listen to that person about it than someone like myself yeah I think it's really important for James to to bring aside you know bring along his side of the story really and I think that was something that did need to be to said as well um because yeah we do need allies as well um, you know, you don't have to necessarily been that person in that situation that has been discriminated against, but, you know, you can still stop and say, actually, you can't do that. That's not OK. Yeah. Use, use, get them to use their privilege. Like people do listen to you, you, you know, because you own a brewery or you're, you're a brewer or whatever, like you can talk to people that aren't necessarily going to listen to other people. So we need that too. Yeah, it can feel like sometimes we're shouting within an echo chamber if we don't have those allies. And it's like, we're not suggesting that everybody is like that, that that doesn't fit in the group of people that, you know, is impacted. We're not suggesting that, like, you know, every straight white man is a problem, as even though we've been accused of, of that just by having the conversation sometimes like that is not what we're saying by any means. And it's proven by when you have an ally that is a straight white man that's like yeah we need to do something about this because it's not cool it's like yeah we're not saying he's doing this we're saying it's really great that he's not doing this and he still feels the need to stand up and speak out to say hey guys we can do better <laughs> like I feel like that's just like everyone needs to do that especially if you're not that person that's behaving in the inappropriate ways you need to call out the people that are by being like look we're all like you know we might all get a bad rep if if people are behaving in a certain way not that not that anybody would sort of tar everyone with the same brush but it is that like you need to speak up and you need to put people you're seeing behaving that way in check and it is just like something we can't do we need those allies to be able to do that yeah definitely exactly it's like the the classic example of you know if it's a group of men with no women or, or LGBTQ people in sight, it's uh, and there's conversation going on that isn't acceptable. It need we need people we need someone to stand up in that group yeah. and say, actually check check yourself within this Not group good. because this isn't acceptable. Just because those people aren't here, just because you're not directly offending someone, you're still offending us you're still offending society by yeah. perpetuating this conversation and allowing this to happen. So yeah, absolutely. Allyship can happen even in private, even behind closed doors. I think it should happen in private and behind yeah. closed doors, because I think there's this, there's this whole behavior of people hide behind, oh, it's just banter and it's just locker room talk and all this type of stuff. But what happens when that bleeds out into life and you go, but the people that surround me, are okay with it so you should be okay with it as well because I don't mean it it's just a joke and it, not everybody finds that funny like jokes have a punchline like being like you're gay shouldn't 
be a punchline like it's not a punchline no. <laughs> if you would if you wouldn't make that joke in front of someone of that community then it's not funny and it's, uh, not, it's funny. not it's not appropriate someone someone at work uh used the phrase and i might have just butchered this phrase but he, he basically sort of said if you're not willing to put your name against it on a billboard you shouldn't be saying it something That's, to yeah. that effect and i was like that is like a really brilliant thing if you're not willing to have your name plastered on it in a public space of what you've said yeah and you probably shouldn't say it that's a that's a really good yeah example you said it the other day and I was like that's, that's really, really good, good. <laughs> that's like, I can use that actually and I quite like there's one that I read and I use this every now and then when someone tells a joke like a joke we're quoting that and it's it's not funny I'm just like what what explain to me why that's funny and when you make them have to think about it and explain it then they start to get uncomfortable because they realize what they've really said it's like you know explain to me why that is funny and they can't because it's not actually funny oh yeah I've, I've definitely done that <laughs> like I don't understand can you I don't understand why can you explain to me why that's funny can you break oh, this joke not, down for me <laughs> not funny that's why yeah I feel I feel like this kind of leads nicely on to the question that we sort of ask everyone as well of, you know, from both of your perspectives, what sort of changes, what are the big changes that you think that you'd like to see within the industry just as just as a first start and maybe what people can do to work towards that or maybe stuff that you're already doing at Lost and Grounded, for example, that other people can take away and do in their their locations and I think you guys could offer actually quite a unique perspective because I don't think we've had this conversation necessarily with people we've had it with maybe some bits in marketing but you know having your take on that would be quite good as well so it's a very good question it's a big one it is a big, it is a big one yeah <laughs> um I mean I suppose one of the first things that comes to mind for me is um being out drinking as a woman in particular and feeling safe to do so feeling like you're not going to be judged or that you're you're in in a safe environment you're not in any kind of danger I think that the industry is making great strides towards trying to make spaces safer and trying to um, make sure that all customers feel welcome and that there's a safeguarding um, platform in place in case something does happen Um, but I think that we need to find a way of maybe going a step further, especially at festivals. I think that knowing that you have somewhere where you can go and report an issue if something has happened or that the stewards will be on your side if they see something or or even if you just accuse someone of something. I know recently there's been more accusations um, from Great British Beer Festival having uh, issues with, um, you know, people feeling safe and and having a safe space and for it being dealt with in an appropriate way and so and you think after all these conversations that we're having surely surely this is done now surely everyone's got uh you know somewhere safe good steward well-trained stewards who know how to handle the situation well-trained security who are aware that these things can happen but it's still happening particularly in in um festivals and particularly as it's festival season as well it's just a predominant thing in my head at the moment so it would be good to see another step taken to like a zero tolerance step of 
you one strike and you're out I like I know it probably sounds harsh but like what else can you do if like because otherwise it could it could escalate and nothing's being dealt with hard enough yeah it it, it feels like if you let that go if you let that go that becomes uh if that person almost feels like that's fine I got away with that yeah it's they don't feel like they got away with it but it empowers them to feel like that what they did actually wasn't wasn't wrong wasn't wrong no. and I can understand if there's like a a bit of a black and white like it's it's not a black and white situation you're like yeah. oh, okay I don't really it's just a he should not that it should be a he said she said to it but can understand that there's certain situations where it might be like okay maybe we don't kick this person out because we're not a hundred percent on what's happened because there's a lot of different stories and we're not we're not really sure and it's different parties and it's like okay I'm not sure but you have to take someone's word at it that what they're saying is the truth like I, I was reading something that um someone's like oh so now women can just get men kicked out if they reject like romantic interest and I was like who is literally going to report someone because someone's asked them to buy to buy them a drink and they're like no kick this man out I'm gonna go out of my way to lie about what this person's done so they can be kicked out because I don't want them to buy me a drink but no but you know why that is and that's all coming from the mindset of not all men but of men who when they get when they do something and they get rejected it's like oh well you know blah 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 and they get they get aggressive and defensive in that point and that's that mindset because they would do that so they assume that the women are going to do that and get them kicked out not necessarily it's just it just seems silly to think that someone's going to make up this this someone's going to someone's going to feel empowered enough to go to a person that is probably only 50 percent it's, it's making an assumption but depending on where you are it's like maybe doesn't have full training on how to deal with the situation and they're gonna go they're gonna make up a scenario and hope that that person gets kicked out and it's right. just like it just seems like this big extravagant plot that's like definitely not happening but the situation there should be can i buy you a drink no thank you okay, okay. bye right like, yeah except how simple is that <laughs> Yeah, it, it feels like something very simple, but yeah. I think that we still seem to have quite a way to go in making sure that these um, things are actually implemented and dealt with, handled correctly. And I think a lot can be done with staff training. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of stewards, of course, they're volunteers at beer festivals. So I know that there's not necessarily the budget to do it, but it should just be a basic part of like, even if it's just the day before the festival yeah preparing we're getting everything set up but there's also like a mandatory everyone has to go through this process or read this and sign this to make sure that they understand that if they see something happen this is the process you go through to deal with it um so yeah my two cents there (laughs) are I mean, I presume, I presume they still have to do Challenge 25 before volunteers are allowed to be doing those sorts of things. So, so yeah, you can is... kind of build that in there, surely. Yeah, there's Challenge 25, but my experience of Challenge 25 is like when I volunteered at festivals as they just go, oh, there's Challenge 25. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. it. It's quite literally like people go, put these, put these things up on your bar. Yeah, challenge it's 25. just a tick like, box exercise yeah. then, isn't it? Whereas actually you know to to actually implement it properly you do need to challenge someone if you yeah. they look under 25 and but it's that thing of like you don't 
even with the challenge 25 like it doesn't necessarily feel like someone said to you if you think someone's underage ID them if you have any problems like you come and get somebody or anything like that it's literally just like oh um we do challenge 25 here and you're like cool yeah (laughs) and and you kind of think like some people might go yeah but if it kicks off I'm not getting paid so like yeah I'm not even you know I'm not getting paid so I why bother and I think it's even with the challenge 25 thing they could make you feel more comfortable and empowered as a volunteer to say like if you as a as anybody but especially as a female feel like you know you're serving beer to somebody and you challenge them and it's someone that's maybe physically more imposing on you and they might turn around and be like obviously I'm overage I'm not showing you my ID and then they start getting aggressive and you don't feel like someone said to you you know it's okay if you have any problems make sure to call over a member of staff um I think they just assume that you should know to do that or that you would do that but some people would just go that's a bit intimidating and I don't know what to do so I'm just gonna say it's okay fine um I mean it even happened I went to um like one of the RuPaul's Drag Race drag cons and you could tell that this person behind the bar was quite young everyone got ID'd going into the place you got ID'd at like multiple different points um and then I went up to the bar and she asked my ID and I was like I didn't have it on me I had it in a locker and I I didn't kick up a fuss I just said like oh I was like we were ID'd on the way in though so like surely um we should all be like overage and she was like I'm really sorry I just have to ID you and I was like oh that's okay and I was like I just I don't have my ID on me so can you just hold this and I'll go get it and she sort of panicked and went no I mean it's okay like you can just have it and I was like no like she's like I'm really sorry I'm just doing my job and I was like I was like it's fine I was like I take it as a compliment of like you think that I I look under 25 I was like that is amazing absolutely I was like I'm in my 30s like I am absolutely loving this it's great and I was like it's just that I I didn't expect to get ID'd because we got ID'd at this point that I left my stuff in my locker not thinking about it but if you had someone that was more of like an aggressive type person or had already had a few drinks like yeah you want to feel like even as staff you're getting appropriate training even to handle that situation I mean it could be something as simple as like a you know one of those online courses I did one the other day on manual handling it's like a two-hour course yeah you do it at home it could be done within the week on the build-up to the festival or something Mm -hmm. so if you if you register who's going to be on your stand then you everyone has to go do this one hour course or whatever yeah and then at the end it's just a literal this person has completed this course so they're aware of how to handle a situation and like you say like it is empowering then I think it gives you the confidence to actually challenge people and say you know what that's unacceptable or if someone comes to you and reports something how you then what the chain of command is then to to actually deal with that and get that just to make the festivals a safer place yeah I think what's quite good actually is that um, I think following from what we are beer have been doing and then they've been putting it out there and publishing what their stance is on it and their zero um, tolerance policy and uh, that indie man this week have actually come out and said yeah. we have a zero tolerance policy for indie man we're not going to accept it this is our guide you know our guide what we're going to do this is what we're socially responsible for and how we're going to action it if you have a problem speak to any of the member of staff we'll get it sorted and I think that's really good and I think that's probably already going to start make changes within within the industry that things are starting to happen more now that these larger platforms are rolling and they are taking it forward and I think yeah it is going to start making some some good changes 
yeah and if a festival as big as indie man's like the craft beer festival does it then hopefully it will like you say it'll have this knock-on effect in the industry uh, i was really pleased as well we uh, i was at peak ender at the weekend and they when we went and got our wristbands there was a sign laminated like saying we won't tolerate this we won't tolerate that and i thought that was and i was like oh that's really good like they're laying it out as soon as you get there like this is these are our expectations of your behavior and it wasn't just you know don't get messy drunk it was you know treat people how you want to be treated like we won't tolerate discrimination of any form like it was really good i was really especially somewhere well. like peak ender you've, you've got the, the whole yeah. aspect of people camping there as well yeah. and you know the safety elements around all of that so i think that's that's really important that they put that forward as well yeah it was really good yeah i was having a conversation in, in my husband and i were driving somewhere and we were having a conversation about um about the whole in the industry situation and um about how there just should be a zero tolerance policy like full stop on like drunk shouldn't be an excuse like I was talking to but I think it was actually on the way into uh London Craft Beer Festival we were saying how it was like it shouldn't be like drunk as an excuse because we were saying like we don't we've never experienced being so drunk that we behaved in a way that is uncharacteristic like that I would I would say something that I would never normally say because I was drunk like I was like I might people behave like crazy like you said get messy drunk like there's all that but I cannot imagine myself becoming a different person and saying a racial slur or something like like I'm just trying to 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 give an example like I can't imagine saying a racial slur and then going I'm really sorry I was it was just because I was drunk like and we were just saying like those types of behaviors there's one thing to be a bit like crazy and a bit like you know doing things that you maybe normally wouldn't do because you've thrown your inhibitions to the wind and all that but it's another to change your personality and to be like the things that I morally value I don't morally value anymore because I'm so drunk and it's just like we're like we just don't feel like I'm drunk is a good I was drunk I didn't mean to say that really offensive thing to that person because I was drunk like it just shouldn't be an excuse for that like for that type of behavior so I'm definitely with you on it. It's like there should be, there might be some situations, like I said, that are maybe grey area that you don't kick someone out immediately. But I think for the majority that it should be quite a zero tolerance policy on that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. But it would be good to know, like Sophie, from your perspective, like, if there was something that you could sort of change within the industry, what, you know, what would you want to change? I think it's just that we just need to keep talking about it, really. We just need to keep getting it out there um and keep it moving even beyond the brave noise project even after you know maybe this time next year we still want to keep talking about it and it, you know it might have a different name by then it might have a different guise we might still be saying it's brave noise but you know I think if we keep talking about it and keep it out there I think that's going to start slowly making those changes um, people are going to see things differently and people are going to think actually no that behavior is not acceptable and yeah and it's going to come down to then not just what we do but also our customers and you know we're going to have to pass it on to them at some point and and get them to be responsible um, to help make a, to help make a difference and and just generally look after each other and support each other we're a lovely beer community yeah we get to drink delicious things like Let's look after each other while we do it. It's not just a little tick box. 
So why would you want that more, people, done that now? more people no. to share with? Like, yeah. why would you want that? <laughs> yeah, let's share it with all the people. We want to share the deliciousness. But yeah, I, I, I mean, would do you guys think that you can see Lost and Grounded? We, we asked, we spoke to another brewery about this. Um, I don't want to say like who it was because of I don't know continuity issues or anything like that with when the episodes come out. I don't know. Um, but like, do you see yourselves uh, as in Lost and Grounded brewing? this next year and doing like a second brew of brave noise like in an ideal like do you think that's something that is possible to say like you know yearly you would consider brewing a charity beer for brave noise and equality even if it's not called brave noise as you said sophie do you think you'd be doing that again i mean i i would fully expect it would be something that they would want to look at doing i mean it's a real passion of alex and annie's uh, particularly annie's um to be involved and to do as many charity things and and like we were saying like using the platform to amplify voices as much as possible so um yeah I could I could see them considering it again it might if it came under a different guise perhaps who knows um but yeah they're always trying to make sure that they keep uh, uh supporting as many charities as possible we've done multiple different charity beers before so yeah I don't see why they wouldn't I was gonna say you're you guys aren't uh shy to <laughs> charities like yeah you have the uh it's the cats one that comes out like every year as well yeah. <laughs> the labels are always like I always love the labels like that one I think I saw it like last year that I saw this year and I was like oh my god the labels are amazing <laughs> I know, the labels it, it it sells on the labels alone almost I think the first time I saw it I was like that label is amazing and then I realized there was a charity beer and I was like that makes it double it makes amazing it <laughs> <laughs> we so sell shoppers as well like on our web store with the cats yeah. on and they sell so fast that actually everything else is like it just sat there waiting to go it's like Oh, if it, if it's got a cat on it, it sells. Oh, if it's got a dog on it as well, we recently we did a, another one last mm. year, which was a um, uh, dog day afternoon, which was supporting um, Street Vet. I think uh, it might be that's so, the one that I saw last year, and I was yeah, like dogs, yeah. and then I dogs. saw this, and I was like, there's cats. Like, you're <laughs> <like> amazing. <laughs> so yes, good. big big cat lovers, big dog. Well, we've got. Uh, office dogs as well so if you ever come to the brewery there's usually a couple <laughs> of dogs in the office so uh, uh it's uh yeah big animal lovers <laughs> big positive it's it's one of the great things about working at lost and grounded is how like accepting everyone is of each other and it's like a huge core part of lost and grounded's ethos is everyone's on the same level it's one of the reasons it's lost and grounded brewers not lost and grounded brewery because Annie and Alex are really passionate about the fact that it's the people that make the brewery it's not the the building and the equipment it's it's the people who work in it and it's not just the brewers who are making that it's everyone from top to bottom they treat everybody equally everyone gets the same support and we are very lucky we are very supported and um it's yeah it's a lovely place to work and everyone's so lovely it's uh it it, it kind of makes you go how is it how is it that not every brewery is like this surely <laughs> everyone goes into work and goes ah oh, everyone's mates you know we could all sit in the tap room at the end of the day and have a great time and so uh, you know you do wonder how how anyone else can not be like that but obviously not everyone's the same but that's what we want 
for everybody what we want in the industry so keep uh, keep brewing on and uh, <laughs> hope everyone else starts doing the same yeah I really like how um Alex he always coins a phrase he brings it up you know every now and again and he says that um it, it you know the brewery is about the people otherwise we're just a metal shed with some stainless steel in it yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant that's really good and um, that leads us quite nicely on to our next question which is is there any messages you'd like to send to any breweries considering brewing a brave noise that might not be sure if they should do it or not I think that you know the you can go on the website the there's tools on there to help you do it so it's not difficult to sign up it's not difficult to choose a charity I think you know there's going to be loads of charities out there that are going to be local to breweries that they want to support if they're not already supporting them already of course um and yeah as you said that they're very approachable as a team you can contact them about anything um if you need any help um and yeah, and, so, and also, yeah, if, if you haven't necessarily got the time to fit a fresh brew into your schedule, then maybe there's a way that you can take one that you've already got in the in the pipeline that you could maybe say that you want to give a bit to a charity on this particular batch and, you know, maybe hold a little event or anything like that, really, just to yeah. raise the awareness. Yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah, perhaps host an event instead of brewing a bit or, you know invite some people down for a tour or something like that and just try and try and open up the industry basically make a noise, to as many people. Make a noise. Make this a is noise what we keep saying <laughs> we were really pleased to, yeah we were really pleased to bring down the um some of the the ladies from women in womankind um from our charity um and they actually came down and, and spent an evening with us and we we gave them a tour and and it was just lovely to have them and you know and they were so pleased to be involved in a project as well so yeah that's really sweet I feel like I'm not a crier and I feel like I'd probably like be like oh this is so lovely um yeah no that's such a novel idea that I wouldn't have even thought of like maybe you can't brew I mean and this is something like I can't like we can't sign off on but it would be really interesting to see if someone was like yeah I you know maybe you contract brew or maybe you are at such a small level that you physically cannot just stop and add this in or you can't afford to do the charity beer because even you know they don't you can work with them on what you donate but even then maybe it's still too difficult or you know any numerous reasons as to why maybe you can't contractually there's too many things please I don't know but it'd be quite a novel idea if you were like well instead what if I held an event and I donated all the money to charity for that event and like would brave noise team approve that instead like that would be quite interesting to find out so maybe that's something somebody can try and see because i mean you could hold a whole you know women in beer or something that's more diversity inclusivity some type of event for that and then be like yeah we're gonna do this and then all that money that we make do a raffle do something you know there's gonna be breweries that are still brewing it that are putting kegs out that you could be like let me get a keg of that in and we'll serve this brave noise beer and and be like cool donate that money to charity so i mean see if you can get brave noise to sort of sign that off that would be an interesting idea but even if they don't i mean yeah i think you guys are right still still a good thing to do regardless like make a noise i think at the end of the day the worst that can happen is you have a brew day you make some beer and uh, what else you know yeah you're still doing the same thing you do every day 
uh, if it doesn't quite go how you want it to, you're still doing what you love yeah. in theory. <laughs> yeah. Let's hope that you are. Yeah. Um, perhaps it, it's just a case of clubbing together with other people. Um, talk to other breweries in your local community because that is that should be one of the best parts about this industry is it's a community. It's quite yes. small, really. You go to these festivals and you you know half the people there and you just end up going, oh, hey, hi, hi, because yeah. everyone knows each other. So if you can't host it, you don't have to be the one to host it. You could be the one who just goes, hey, guys, five different local breweries who can host it and let's all get together and do it one day. Yeah, collaboration, That'd Brave Noise Brews would be like quite a good one. Or yeah, or, or I guess another thing that you've just kind of sparked is like maybe people can, if you have been a brewery that's brought, like brewed a Brave Noise and you are really good friends with another brewery, maybe try to convince that brewery to do one as well. Just be like, look, I know you're doing the right things get on board with this here's here's how we approached it you can you know be available to you know I know Emma I've said it before and Emma's always like putting me in it um but Emma has said you know if anyone has questions that they that they could speak to her about it in her experience of how you know she's organized it I'm sure there's other breweries that have done it where you could reach out to them if you especially if you're friendly with them and ask them about how the logistics work for them and and get advice from them so yeah everyone's always happy to help I think Absolutely. No one's hiding any of no. this from each other. It's it's not a competition. No. Everyone's striving for the same goal. And, you know, the industry is still small enough that we're not about to tread on each other's toes. So, uh, yeah, everyone can share any information. It's totally yeah. fine. As we said at the beginning, it's about diversity as well. So, like, especially if you're brewing a beer that's slightly different you know uh, yeah. I can I can't even imagine people being like competitive and secretive over like because I feel like that would then lose the whole <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. you're like gatekeeping a brave noise and you're like I cannot help you because I am the most diverse promotion like <laughs> I love inclusivity go away I like it more than you I do it better <laughs> diversity more I, I'm all about diversity like now <laughs> the idea of gatekeeping diversity does actually make me laugh a little <laughs> I think if you're brewing this beer, you're probably not a person that's going to be gatekeeping diversity no. and inclusivity. You're probably going to be approachable and willing to have a conversation with people. Yeah. Thank you, ladies. It's been a pleasure as always. Um, is there anything that you would like to promote of your own? I don't know. Well, we've got our Oktoberfest uh, <laughs> event coming up soon. There we so, uh, everyone. <laughs> get get on the website book your tickets and it's may or may not. i was gonna say yes. this may or may not this might be out after october oh well if it's not sure yet let's cut out sorry no 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 we're gonna keep it in there <laughs> keep it in. because you need to look for it next year yeah because you missed oh, yeah. it yeah, yeah you've missed you might have missed it maybe you've if you've not missed it cool if you've missed it then look for it next year and yeah. i'm sure you guys will probably have the amazing fest beers that you had like the oh god the one you had last year was so good oh, we drank it for the oh, for the mar- yeah, our- oh, yeah mar- go back so and good. watch that one it was <sighs> yeah it was so good oh, I still dream about that bit. I, f- I found a can of it like in the back of I like I had it in a separate fridge outside I found a can of it like a few months ago and I was just like <gasps> and it still tasted good like I was like yes <laughs> oh well the fresh a great accomplishment (laughs) i found some pictures of it the other day because i was going through like my stuff and i saw it up against like some bratwurst so i was obviously having a good old 
an Oktoberfest at home with this with the fest beer and the yeah. like breakfast and uh, it was so <laughs> it was good. It was, I love Oktoberfest beers in general, yeah. but yeah. So if you if you did miss it, keep an eye out next year for it. Yeah. Follow <laughs> us on our socials. It's always on yeah. there. So yeah. on, on Twitter and Instagram for all the latest news. I'll put those in the show notes so you can find them easily. We'll link back to that. Oh, and I yeah. will plug your t-shirts because you're selling. Yes. If by, hopefully by the time this episode's out, you won't have sold out of them. Or maybe I hope that you have I sold that out you of have them. Sold out of them, yeah. But <laughs> if you haven't sold out of them, you need to get one because you're selling this one as well, aren't you? The yeah, we we're selling the Bevolution ones. Um, we've got more of the anti-racist, anti-sexist, pro-equality ones than the Bevolution ones. So they'll probably, uh, well, fingers crossed, there'll still yeah. be some available for people if they're looking and when they're listening to this you know go on our website onto our shop have a little look at our merch there's lots of fun stuff to look at on there um, buy all the merch buy all the merch yeah, there's, there's no better merch. way to make a big yeah. noise as well than like going out with your anti-sexist anti-racist yeah. beer pop, quality beer club top yeah one. i wore mine to work today and i was like oh, man i'm gonna be i was like i'm doing a podcast tonight so i've got my attire on already <laughs> well, i think joe spotted me at peak ender in i mine. did i was like oh, <laughs> so i was just going so you Alice. can see each other from afar you can see yeah. everyone every member of the uh pro equality beer club yeah i'm uh, thinking like a uh <laughs> like a mocking jay everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> like we need to like yeah. come up with like a, a, a little hand are you a member of the club <laughs> alice from thornbridge had hers on i saw a coven t-shirt as well at peak ender I was very, I was very impressed with the uh, diversity and and inclusivity that was happening in the t-shirts. But we definitely need to see more of these because we need to have more more beer t-shirt Fridays. Yes. Yes. In fact, I think I might do this for Beer Shirt Friday. Beer Shirt Friday. <laughs> Beer Shirt Friday. <laughs> I never do it because I never remember to. No, you don't. <laughs> I've got sure. like a drawer full. I've got so many shirts. Alan and oh. I just forget to do the photos. Amazing. Well, <laughs> thank, thank you for giving you us so your time. Much. Oh, well, thank you for having us. Much. Yeah, yes, no, course. it's been lovely to chat to you guys again. Yeah, I know. It's exciting. And of course, you're welcome back anytime. We'd love to have you on again. We'll have to, co- <laughs> we'll have, to have you come back on to like just talk about lost and grounded as a brewery yeah. <laughs> not just yeah. in the context of brave noise, brave yeah, noise so, yeah. Yeah. we'll just drink more delicious lager there's not there's no issue with that and I think no. then Maz will get like a special like gift because it's their third time on your podcast yeah yeah yes. that'll be it yes. and then yeah you will have to have a showdown with like Emmett sometime yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you'll have to have us both on at the same time <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Emma's on. I can ask you quiz questions. <laughs> five. Is Emma on five times now? Oh, if we include her video messages, up, maybe. I think I she know. might be up to five. Oh well, I've got a way to go then. <laughs> well, we've got to keep bigging that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Amazing. Thank you guys so much. Thank you thank so you much. And thank you. Yeah. Hope to thank see you in person soon. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> that was. I feel like every time we end a conversation, we're like that was lovely, that was but it's so like, like, oh, but, it really but seriously, this lager, oh, uh, it's cute. out. I literally every cute. time, every time we've had conversations. This is three times now that we've had conversations, <laughs> and every time I've had to like really hold back on trying not to finish it all before the end of the episode, and I have failed pretty much every time. <laughs> I think the only time I didn't good. was when we were interviewing Ash and Ren at London because my beer was quite literally behind me yeah I, I was like kind of holding it for a bit and kind of you know 
so it wasn't really <laughs> the forefront of my hand because I had to hold the mic at several yeah. points. That's the only time I managed to have self-restraint on this beer. <laughs> it's a good bit. If you have not tried it and you were at a We Are Beer Festival and you missed it, go and see if uh, Lost and Grounded still have some and you can buy some because it is delicious. You they need do have it at the time of recording. So yes, hopefully they still have it in a few weeks. Yeah. Time. Go buy the show. If not, you missed out because it it's was in. so good. You absolutely effed. You yep. effed up. <laughs> and that's on that's on you yes <laughs> it is an amazing amazing beer so in all seriousness and, uh, like, i hope you so got a t-shirt good. too either one of them. these delights either the anti anti-sexist anti-racist pro-equality beer club or the women of the revolution shirts they are both equally cool i've got them both love it me too love them both, <laughs> me too. Love them both. and actually i quite like that we wore uh the different ones first, yeah so we could like showcase the two different ones the two let different me see ones. if i can do a flip around entertainment Oh, yeah, and it says speak up. Love it. Yes. Um, oh, I'll, I'll do it, but you won't be able to see. The back <laughs> of mine has got Lost and Grounded on it as well as the Brave Noise symbol. Oh, so um, I don't have that one. Far. I've got the V neck. Now I'm kind of like, I sort of want a Lost and Grounded one. Yeah, so. this one. Because it's got I Lost think and I, I might need that. to. I might need to. Yeah. It, just expand your Brave Noise wardrobe. <laughs> That's it. When they start putting those Oktoberfest beers out, and I know I'm not going to be able, I'm, I'm in the moment not buying beers. Until the Oktoberfest, there was there was air quotes there. By the way, yes, if you're yeah, no one <laughs> not knows. trying beers. Why did you quotes. out me? Because like, if someone's listening to this, which they probably are, <laughs> I could be like, I'm not buying beers. Obviously, she is. We literally um, stopped recording just now and ordered some beer. So yeah, well, it was it was uh, economical because somebody else I know was ordering them anyway. So I just put something in there. So you know, it's the best way to do it. It's fine. Get yes. some beer, friends orders together save on shipping it's all yep. good it's good yep. happy it's days good pro tip uh, but yeah once the Oktoberfest and the pumpkin spices start coming out the self-control is going to go right out the window and then i might as well just throw a t-shirt in there as well so always the best way <laughs> go get yours before i buy it yes <laughs> um tori if people would like to come and talk to you about how delicious this lager is and the wonderful festivals and or cans of it that they had oh, where can so they talk good. to you you can come talk to me on instagram at adventures underscore in underscore optimism uh you can email me at adventures and optimism at gmail.com you can probably try going on my tiktok i have the last tiktok i've put on there was a brave noise inspired one uh, brave noise tiktok Just making uh, a brave noise yep so yeah you can find me on there all all the handles are adventures and optimism uh instagram has the underscores the other ones i can't remember but you'll find me if you just put it in there it's fine um my email does not it is adventures and optimism at gmail.com uh and then if you want to write to the podcast which i will probably pick up first and foremost is uh a women's brew podcast at gmail.com so joe people want to talk to you about having the brave noise show with the lost and grounded logo on the background where can people talk to you? Come talk to me about my ever-growing Brave Noise uh, wardrobe that I now have. And, of course, all my Beer Shirt Fridays is Love Beer Shirt Friday. Uh, you can find me at my beer school, which is Love Beer Learning. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Pinterest. We are at a website. We, I, am at a website, lovebeerlearning.co.uk. And you can email me, lovebeerlearning at gmail.com. And, of course, you can find the podcast on Instagram, as a woman's brew you can find us on facebook and twitter as well but mostly we're going to talk to you on instagram so come find yeah. us there we're gonna go well you finished yours i've got a little bit of my life but done. we'll leave you dear listeners 
have some delicious lager. Cheers. Cheers.